base that gathered together independence. Independence is good globally in, in the big scheme of things, but when an independent nation becomes filled with personally independent children, personally independent people, amen, we become more and more divided in our independence. And I coined a phrase as I was, you know, thinking about this, is we be, literally become independently divided. That's a scary thing. And when we're so independent that our, our independence, amen, begins to divide us and put us at odds one with another because we all have our own thoughts and ideas and our own opinions about everything, and we become more and more divided as a nation. What are we going to do with all that? So we we got, we got to stop and, and roll back because that kind of division, amen, is simply a recipe for the disaster. Amen? I mean, think about this. That, you know, our nation has got to the point that, you know, we're divided and we're polarized on so many issues. We're divided about gun control. We're divided on immigration reform. We're divided on the sanctity of marriage. We're divided about birth control and abortion. We're, we're divided on so many things. And the list goes on and on and on. It's all types of political and social issues that our nation is becoming more and more polarized and divided. Our, our Congress and our Senate is often divided one, one against another. And terrorizing so we can't go forward. You guys can hear me. We're, we're suffering those yeah, things. Every time I turn the Tons of feet. But it doesn't stop there. I saw it when I was trying to break the time, so I was watching. Get to the church. Get that, that move. Yeah. I'm going to try something. That, you know, our division on our, our doctrine and our beliefs and faith. You know, so then we start the church becoming more and more divided as a body. That's why I like to see the greatest together. Because when the people of God become divided, that means a lot of stuff is beginning to creep in. Amen. We're not hearing with the Holy Spirit. The Lord is teaching us things. And when He's directing us, we're beginning to bring in our own feelings and opinions. And all we become a people that's divided. God can't move in that midst. So we got to begin, really begin to think what is the plan? What is the focus? What is the reason that He called us into His kingdom? Is it for us to promote our own agenda, our own thinking, or? is the Lord to promote His. He called us into His kingdom, amen, to be kingdom people. Not individual people, amen, but kingdom with the kingdom agenda, amen, which means oftentimes, at all times, not just oftentimes, but, you know, we got to get to a place where we lay our agenda aside. You know, how many, how many can honestly say the times that our agenda conflicts with His? All right. All right. Amen? Amen. Sometimes, you know, what, what God wants just don't line up with, with our plans, our wants, and our desires. Amen? So that, that's, that's a, a colliding of agendas, so we got to stop and say, wait a minute. Who's am I? And, and, and why am I here? And what is the purpose of the plan? Why did he call me just to say this? I don't So we got to begin to 
look and see what was God's plan. We have gotten more and more away from God's original plan.
to join together, amen, and to be an encouragement one to another, to cover one another, break with one another. It, it, it's, it's at all times, wherever we are, amen, realizing that we're part of a bigger picture. There's a bigger plan. There's, there's something greater happening than just me. That's right. And then when we step back and we look at our nation, we know our nation needs God. Yeah. And in order for them to get God, God got to get us. So that we can take God to the nation. We can take him to our jobs and our neighborhoods and wherever we are. We can be those ambassadors, those representatives that he's called in court for us to be. You know, as we yield ourselves and surrender ourselves, have your way, Lord. So the great things happen. You know what? When people come together, the power of agreement is amazing. And the things that we can do, that people can do when they come together, is is, is astonishing. Let's look at just just one example in Genesis, the 11th chapter. Many of us know about the story of the Tower of Babel. We just want to read a little bit of that, and then we're going to see what happens. Genesis 11, beginning at the first verse, it says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed, from the east that they found the plain and the land of Samaria. And they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they made brick and stone from for stone and slime they had for more. Now listen to verse number four. And they said, Go to, let us build the city and the tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered upon the face of the whole earth. And let us go through and let us build the tower. And let us make us a name. See what this is all about. Them, us. It was all about themselves. It wasn't about glorifying God. It wasn't about exalting Him. And oftentimes we're, we're building our kingdoms, amen, and we're not doing it as unto God. He's not getting the glory. The Lord says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. They want to stay together in one place and make a name for themselves. Make themselves great. And because of their unity, because of their togetherness, look at verse number five. He said, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower with the children of men built. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. That ain't even the language. The people is one, and they have all one language, and this they do. They don't glorify me, but they do this for themselves. He says, this they do. Begin to build.
And so what happened is, in the seventh verse, he says, Go to, let us go down and confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore the name is called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. The problem wasn't their unity. The problem was their purpose and their focus. Because unity was the problem. He wouldn't have called them all together on the day of Christmas. He wouldn't have wanted the body of Christ unified. But when we people come together and they're not focused on the right thing, God will intervene. Sooner or later, God will intervene. Amen. So I, I just think it behooves us as the Bible to continue to draw together, to reach out, amen, to other believers, to reach out, amen, and these kingdom people, to reach out on our jobs, to reach into our homes, because then that same independent division can show up in your house. Come on, man. Oh, see, y'all don't want to go down that Amen. Oh, but it, it can show up anywhere, amen, where there's two people. Yes. But when you get two people or more people who have a focus on God, it brings together strength, it brings together empowerment, it brings together unity. Amen. And then God can show up and have his way in the midst of the circumstance. And it's work for us to do. It's work for us to do. Work for us to do in this earth, amen. In this kingdom, amen. See, because division, amen, is a recipe for disaster. One more scripture that I'm going to be done. In Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 24th verse, at a time when Jesus was, you know, healing and, and he was debating and, you know, the, the Pharisees were having a problem with him healing on the Sabbath. And as this discourse was going forth, he made a statement in this one verse that was applicable then and is just as applicable to our circumstances today. And the 12th verse of Matthew, the 25th verse, Jesus said these words. As he knew their thoughts, and he knows our thoughts even now. That's right. He said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself shall be brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Amen. Division breeds destruction. Yeah. But unity is a whole other thing. Working together, magnifying him. So we must pray for our nation. We must pray for our neighbors. We must pray, amen, for all those around us, amen, to come into the, the unity and come into the light, come into the faith of understanding that we do need God. And no matter if we want to say it or not, we are a nation that's under God because we show can't get above us. Come on now. So it's setting our minds and our hearts to say, you know what? I'm here for the kingdom of Jesus. I'm here, amen, to be a kingdom person. Kingdom people do what God has called me to do. He's called us out of the world and set us in his kingdom. Amen. And most of us, we know that he used somebody else to reach us. All right. Isn't that right? I said, most of us, we know he used somebody who was willing to do what he said do. Amen. To be a light, to be a witness. Amen. To draw us in, to pray us in, to drag us in for some of us. But he used us to bring us in. So he wants to use us in like manner. Amen. I was blessed to have the young man who 
who chased after me and, and practically drug me into the kingdom there to celebrate. Praise yeah. God. He ain't young no more. I'm talking about that. Praise but, God. But I, I was glad to have him because it's a blessing yeah. to know that God used this man for over a year to witness to me, to talk to me, to, to, to break down my resistance. Mm-hmm. Amen. And here I am today because Praise one individual decides I won't give up on that number. God, it's so good to be here with you guys. I, uh, I, I was very impressed, Pastor, and then a little depressed because you did such a great job in such a short period of time. And uh, so that's that's a difficult thing to follow. How many of you were blessed by the message about the kingdom? I'd like to uh, thank Pastor David for inviting our church to participate with them. I do believe that it is. A better thing together. Amen. And uh, it's just an honor to work with another pastor, pastors, Pastor David and Linda, in this community to reach uh, the community for Jesus and to know that we're not alone in our endeavors. How many know it's better together and working in the kingdom together? Amen. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for coming today. It's such a beautiful and glorious day. But one of the things I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, to pray, open up and to pray today. So let's uh, bow our heads. And I'd like to pray a prayer that was prayed at the first congressional meeting in the United States of America. Just a, a snippet from there. So as we bow our heads, continue to bow your heads and keep your eyes closed. Oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, high and mighty King, of kings and Lord of lords who dost from thy throne behold all the dwellers on earth and reignest with power supreme and uncontrolled over all kingdoms empires and governments look down in mercy we beseech thee on all of these American states in the name of Jesus Amen. Amen. All right, now every one of you still have your eyes closed and your heads bowed. I got a question for you. Okay, while everyone's eyes are closed, because I know you guys can follow directions. Some of you I know are trying to sneak a peek. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'd like to ask you a question. I have an item in my hand. 
It's approximately seven inches by three inches. It's paper. And it is green. And it has the numbers one, zero, zero on it. I'd like for you to look at me for a second. Anyone want to guess what I got in my hand? Did someone say a hundred dollar bill? I have a hundred dollar bill in my hand right now. Now, how did you guys know that I had a hundred dollar bill? I didn't tell you that I had a hundred dollar bill, but a lot of you knew that I had a hundred dollar bill. I just settled down. I'm not going to give it away. But how do you know it's a hundred dollar bill? Because you what? You've seen it. You may have held it. Some of you are like, I haven't held one in a long time. And some of you have not only held it, but some of you have experienced it. Right? What it can do. Now, I just got a quick question for you. Is it valuable? Is it valuable? How do you know? Because you've seen it. You've touched it. You've experienced it. Now, it's just interesting because if you were to look on the back of this Benjamin, you would see, in God, we trust. In God, we trust. Well, let me ask you the question. How can you trust God if you haven't seen God? How can you trust God if you haven't met God? How can you trust God if you've not experienced God? And see, what I was realizing as I was penning this message today is that there are many in this place that have had an experience with God, and so when you describe God, you immediately understand what the preacher is about to say. But if you have not experienced God, you don't know what he's talking about. And some of you in this place may have no clue about what I'm talking about. But I'm hoping by the end of this message that you understand a little bit more about who God is, that you see him, that you feel him, that you experience who God is. And I just realized that trusting God is a its a kingdom thing. See, putting your trust in money is an American kingdom, but trusting God is a kingdom thing. You know, it's amazing because the kingdom I'm about to talk about is not a traditional kingdom. It can't be seen by the naked eye. And Jesus talked about this kingdom. It matters to Jesus And the reason I know it matters to Jesus is because he wrote about it in his word multiple times. Multiple times is he quoted as talking about the kingdom of God. Now, I chose not to do technology because last time I couldn't see anything. So, Pastor, you got x-ray vision. Amen. So I went back to paper. I know it's a little old school, but it still works. Somebody say amen to that. But as I was thinking about trusting God, I, I realized that I'd be talking to potentially an audience that would know what I mean, but there may be some here that don't know what I'm talking about, and that trusting God is a part of His kingdom. And Jesus was preaching about His kingdom. Jesus talked about His kingdom. And He said, you won't be able to see this kingdom with the naked eye. Luke chapter 7, 17, verse 20, it says, Now when He was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, He answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come except with observation, or does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here, or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of 
of God. Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, to Nicodemus as he's talking about salvation, he said, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So yeah, so some of us have heard about it. Some of us may have seen it, but that's because we've experienced it. Jesus said you can't see the kingdom unless you are born again. And why would we want to see God's kingdom? Why would we want to talk about God's kingdom? It's because Jesus talked about the kingdom. Jesus taught his disciples about the kingdom of God. He said your kingdom will come on earth. That was his prayer as it is in heaven. He talked about it in parables. He talked about it as he's preaching. And he talked about it as he's walking. He wants us to know about his kingdom. Pastor, you did a wonderful job talking about how we're busy talking about our kingdom. How we want things in our kingdom. And why would we want to see God's kingdom? Because Jesus wants us to see his kingdom. Come on. And there's a dilemma about the kingdom. There's a dilemma about the kingdom because a lot of us are still living in our own kingdom, in our own domain, in our own understanding, in our own ways. You know, I was thinking about this, but how many of you have ever watched that movie, The Truman Show, with Jim Carrey? It's an old one. I know I'm dating back. 1998. That's when I started ministry, 1998. What's interesting about that movie is Jim Carrey is in this fictitious world where the only person that knows that it's not real is him. He's the only one. He doesn't. He has no clue. He's the only one in this fictitious world surrounding him. And I think this, that there's a lot of us that have yet to have the veil pulled back and for us to see the true kingdom of what's happened. We're all living in our own version of the Truman Show. To explain it just a little better is that he gets up every day and he, he goes through all the motions. He doesn't understand what the whole world's set against him in some ways. Every time he wants to escape this show, which is a fictitious world built around him, everything's synchronized against him. And I was thinking about this. The enemy does not want you to wake up to the kingdom. He wants you to live in the Truman Show. He wants you to experience the kingdom that he wants for your life. God wants us to wake up. Some of us, we're living this Truman Show. God wants to reveal what's behind the curtain. Some of us don't care about what's behind the curtain. Some of us have been living like we don't care. Some of us have been telling others we don't care. But some of us are pulled out of the pit of hell and revealed the kingdom of God to us because Jesus has won us out of the pit of hell. Amen. Amen. Some of us don't care. Some of us want to show that, you know, hey, we just want to keep living this way in this lie. Others have not heard, simply just haven't heard about the kingdom. And so it's our job as Christians to share the kingdom. And I want to talk about the kingdom today. It's interesting because in Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, verses 3 through 5, Jesus wants to demonstrate his resurrection. I mean, he wants to prove that he really is resurrected. And so the Bible counts that he talks to all sorts of people. He appears to over 500 people. And during that time, as he is communicating about the reality of his resurrection, you know the thing that Jesus talks about? How many know that when you die and then you're resurrected, that's a pretty big thing? Amen. How about when you die and you're resurrected three days later? How many know that's a pretty big thing? Amen. Now, after he's resurrected, 
So how many know that, that uh, the next thing that Jesus says is probably pretty important? So Jesus, you know what he talks about? Out of all the things that Jesus could talk about, what does Jesus choose to talk about? He talks about the kingdom. He's so obsessed with the kingdom. Why? Because he knows that it's in the kingdom that there is life. Everlasting life. Life, abundant life. You can't get John 10.10 10 without the kingdom and the gospel. Good How do we know that just as pastor was preaching that there are a lot of us that are still fixated on our own kingdom. Jesus is fixated on his kingdom because of what it ultimately provides for every believer. But we're still fixated sometimes on our own kingdom. Come on. And so in Acts chapter 1 verse 6, let's pick it up there. After Jesus talks about sending the promise of the Holy Spirit, we talked in Acts earlier. And the message in Acts chapter 1 6 says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord! How many of you ever feel like you just have people nagging at you? Just constantly asking the same question. None of you had children though, right? Lord! I got to tell you a fun story. I know it's a segue and a little rabbit tail, but one of our friends is traveling right now, and they said they left at 4 a.m. this morning to go to Montana. I said, why in God's green earth would you get up and travel at 4 a.m.? And they said, because I don't want to hear, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you know what? Jesus got to put up with us sometimes. Praise God that he's patient with us. When we're a little slow, we keep asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? How many know you need His grace? You need His grace. Amen. So Acts 1 says, The apostles were with Jesus. This is after He dies. He's resurrected. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And, and He's talking about His kingdom. What are they talking about? This is the question they ask Him. Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore what? Our kingdom. Our kingdom. You know how offensive that must have been to Jesus? I just died for you. I just gave you the kingdom of heaven and you're still concerned about this kingdom. Some of you are so caught up in the Truman Show of your lives, you don't realize what Jesus has done for you. Amen? Amen. My preaching is still getting better than your amen. Come on now. We, I know we got, a, we got a big... Amen. I don't want to say it, but... There's some people in the far back. You know, this, this white boy is baking in the sun up here. You guys are hiding back there. Come on now. Can't you just tear with me for 15 minutes? I know you guys back there. You handed me the 15 sitting back there in the shade. Amen. Love you still. Amen. God is interested in teaching us about the kingdom. And we're interested in our own kingdom. That's the dilemma. Jesus is like, hey, I want you to know about my kingdom. My kingdom is a royal kingdom. My kingdom is a reign and rule that you have yet to see and to understand and to know. It's going to be illuminated to you. But when you see it and when you get saved, you will see the benefit of the kingdom. So it's so compelling about the kingdom message. Why would Jesus talk about it all the time? Why would Jesus obsess over it? Why would he talk about the kingdom? Why would he preach about it? Why would it be in parables? Why would he talk about it constantly? Because he wanted every single one of us to see the kingdom of God. So what was the message of the kingdom? You know, I, I took out all my theology books via technology and What's interesting is every time I study the kingdom, 
All I see is the message of the gospel. Yeah, there you go. So when Jesus talked about the kingdom, he talked about the good news of salvation. Yeah. That's why Jesus talked about the kingdom all the time. Because he wanted us to know about the good news of the kingdom. And I trust me, I'm on page three or four. I'm getting close to land. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm starting to smell some food too. Not to bring your attention to it, but hey, praise God. It's going to be good. So what's so compelling about God's kingdom? I, I would like some water, please. What's so compelling about God's kingdom? It's the message of the gospel. Mark 1, 14 and 15 says, Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached good news. He preached God's good news. And he says this, The time promised by God has come at last. He announced, The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe. Come on now, I want you guys to catch this. Believe in what? The kingdom? No, in the good news. The two are connected. The kingdom of God's message is good news. For those of us that have received Jesus, repented of our sins, literally we've, we've sensed, we have gone astray from God and we've decided to repent because God has drawn us close to Him. And in this repentance, we receive salvation. The Bible says that when we are saved, that we will have an understanding and an illumination of the kingdom. So the kingdom we're talking about is the kingdom that God is building, and He wants to illuminate it into you. Why? Because He said the kingdom can't be seen, but it's inside of you. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. And believe the good news. Okay, so let's talk about the good news. How many of you want to have a little bit of a Holy Ghost time here? Because you're ready to receive the good news. Okay, some of you have yet to see the kingdom of God because you've not been yet born again. And I want to share with you today that you have not received Jesus. If you have not been born again, you've not received Christ into your life. You will not see these things in your life to the fullness of what God wants you to see them. And then there are eternal consequences of that too. But if you allow Jesus... By His Holy Spirit to woo you to the kingdom message, which is this good news, and you receive it, you will part- be a participator in all of the good news that God has for us. Amen? Amen. How about this? How many of you have had an illumination of the forgiveness of sins because of the kingdom's message Amen. of the gospel? How about your failures? How about your shortcomings? How about your darkest secrets? Because only God can forgive you of those things. How about your conscience being cleared? How about being in a right relationship with the Creator to know and to understand the blueprint, the design, and the future that God has for you? How about being set free? How do we know that there are addictions that God wants to set you free and the gospel came to interrupt the divine flow of the enemy to bring a divine capital D flow into your life of his plans and his future for your life? Right on. Setting you free from addictions or oppression. Some of you, by the way, need to get set free from the addiction of self. Some of you have been worshiping yourself. And it's not working out too good for you. Ask your friends how good it's working for you. Amen. Tell them. 
just be honest. You <laughs> worshiping yourself really is a huge bummer because I just don't like being around you. Amen. You got it. I don't know why I'm getting a Scottish flavor there. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the Irish in me or something. Okay. He, he, he set you free from addictions. He set you free from oppression. He heals your diseases in your body. Amen. Yeah. Some of you need some gospel right now. Some of you need some speech set free right now. You have an illumination of what the kingdom is, but you've got to get in the kingdom. You've got to be saturated in the kingdom. You've got to experience. Don't just touch it. Don't just grab it. Let it get inside of you. Amen. A new life. A redeemed mind. No stinking thinking. Come on. Amen. A new day. A new way of talking. A renewed heart. Some of you need a renewed heart. Some things have happened in your lives that were outside of your control. And God is saying, I want to come in and I want to renew your heart. Why? Because it's a part of the package of the kingdom. Right on. A redeemed mind, a new way of thinking, a renewed heart, a sense of divine purpose. Changing your attitudes. How do we know that you got an attitude that needs to be readjusted right. and realigned to the kingdom? Amen? Amen. A change in your character. And this is progressive. It doesn't all happen at once, but you begin to have an understanding of where God wants to take you. Changing your character. An unbelievable mercy is for those who have joined the kingdom. How many of you needed mercy? Unbelievable mercy. An unstoppable grace. Because as he does these things, he pours out his spirit on all flesh. And then things begin to happen. What happens? The fruit of the spirit starts to jump up in your life. And suddenly where you didn't have love, suddenly you start having love. Amen? Where you were not patient, you start having patience. You start having kindness. You start having goodness and faithfulness. And some of you, yes, you do. You need to hear this. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control. It's a part of the package. I got all those, Pastor. You know, I'm doing really good, but I just don't really think that self-control is, you know, I'm Come on now. It's a part of the package. Amen. Amen. He didn't just save you partly. He wanted to save you all the way. Jesus wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to give you eternal life. Snatching you from the purposes of Satan. And spending your eternity with Jesus in His kingdom. Amen. He wants to take your Truman Show and obliterate. Isaiah 35, 5 and 6 says, And when He comes, He will open the eyes of the blind. And unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a dare, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Colossians 1.13 says, For he has rescued us. Some of you need to shout this out. He has rescued me. He's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who purchased our freedom. Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what the gospel message is as it relates to the kingdom. And Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God to what? Salvation to everyone who believes. So what you must do, or what must you do rather, to receive this gospel and this good news got to believe. You can't see it, but when you believe it, it'll be inside of you. Because Jesus is the kingdom. When Jesus came, it was the kingdom of God amongst us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His what? His only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have 
everlasting life. That's the kingdom message. God wants to give you everlasting life through a relationship with Jesus. But you've got to believe what you can't see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet not seen. God is saying to you today, some of you need to make that jump and just trust that God is there. And he will reveal himself in greater measure as you believe that he is the Savior. Matthew chapter 13 and 44, as I wrap this up, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Some of us can't see the treasure. Some of us don't see the gospel. Some of us don't get the gospel. Some of us can't touch it, taste it, feel it. We don't understand it. But Jesus is calling us to be a part of it. Come on. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered the pearl of great value, he sold everything. He owned it. He bought it. My question to you today is will you buy what God has for you? Some of you are like, I don't have anything. You are his greatest commodity. All you got to do is bring yourself. The price of redemption is you delivering yourself to Jesus by asking Him to come into your life. Some of you in this place, this wonderful place, so it's the same place. Some of you here today are still trying to get the gospel in your life. Some of you are still trying to hear the good news. I would say to you today, God wants to minister the gospel yeah. to you as well. Yeah. The gospel is something that changes our lives. The question is, will you allow Jesus to reveal to you the gospel? I'd like to ask this question today. I want you to be very honest. First hand I see go up, I just want to know this is the truth. If you're a single mom here in Oak Harbor, you're doing your best to make your way. Can you raise your hand this morning? Alright. This belongs to you. Come on up.
to invite anyone over to this place who would like prayer today to receive anything that I talked about as it relates to the gospel. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you have yet to meet Jesus. Maybe you're a saint and you're still needing to find a way to have a greater illumination of the gospel.
Anyone believe that prayer changes the people? So at 1.30, we're going to have some prayer circles. And we're going to have some leaders coming up, the intercessory prayer team from both churches, coming leading us. And we're going to sp- pray specifically for our, for our city. We're going to pray specifically for our nation. And we're going to see God continue to move. So participate in that and uh, really take full advantage of it. About uh, 1.30 as well, we're going to start our children's activities. They're going to be over in this big grassy area over there. We have some amazing uh, team members there from both churches that set up some games, a lot of fun for the children. They're going to be playing. We're going to be praying. Amen. I'm going to be doing some praying. Amen. I like that. And so children's activity is going to be happening until about 3 o'clock. Starting at 2.30, we have some overlap, some things that are happening, uh, overlapping. 2.30, we're coming back for a brief afternoon, what we call a jamming session. If you want to come back, there's going to be some singing, there'll be some different groups happening, and some special music. We just want to continue to have some fun. About 3.15, we start breaking things down. All working together. We had a great time setting up. We had an amazing setup crew. They did remarkable. And so we want to finish strong. We started strong, and we're going to finish strong. So we'd like you to be able to stay around, help us put everything back in order, and uh, get ready again for our next opportunity of coming together. Amen? Amen. If you have any questions, you can find any of us running around with these badges or anyone. Just ask someone and they'll direct you to the right place. I want you to enjoy it. What an amazing time we have had in the Lord this morning. Our souls are refreshed. We're charged up. We're encouraged to continue to go forth and to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. Amen? So let us pray. Oh, I'm sorry. As we go to our our lines, the front line here, the the front row of tables, that means directly behind the seating area, the front row of tables, that is our guest line. So if you are not a member of Life Church, you're not a member of Living Faith Christian Center, you're a guest from our community, we have a special line for you. So go in that line. You'll be directed. You'll get served really well. For Life Church and, and Living Faith, we're going to be on the two sides, the parallel sides. So go and form up over there. There's going to be plenty of food for everyone. Parents, just make sure your children get what they need. We want to just use what we need so we can have more than enough left over. Amen? Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. You are the mighty God. You are our mighty God. And, Father, we thank you that you have already demonstrated once again that we are greater together. And, Father, thank you for every food item that has been brought in into this place, every paper product, God, everything that has been brought in that will be partaken of in this next session. We thank you for your blessing over the food, God. We thank you, Lord, that there will be no impurities, there will be nothing that will harm our bodies, but it will refresh us, God, and give us the energy and strength we need to continue to do your will. Bless, God, we pray the rest of this day. In Jesus' name. Can we all say together, Amen. Amen. Amen.